0: Hello, my fashion lovelies. Welcome to The Color of Fashion, a podcast where I discuss unique fashion perspectives. My name, Michelle Washington, and I use my 20 plus years of experience as a fashion industry professional to dig deep into the complex issues. Thank you for joining me. Well, I thought I had It all figured out and I was thinking where to begin, where to begin, where to begin and there's no better place than the beginning. So let's call this the the Genesis, the beginning of it all. A expose, a behind the scenes in every pun intended, okay? So when we start with our Genesis, we gotta Think about our relationship with clothing. We have a relationship with many things, but have we ever really thought about our relationship with clothes? No, not at all. It wasn't on the spectrum. It wasn't even on your mind, but today we're bringing it to light. So think about when you were born. If your memory goes back that far, some of us have a good memory. I will tell you mine is not that great, but When we are looking at the moment that we were born, our first contact was cloth. We were swaddled in a blanket. That soft feeling of whatever the knit fabric was against our skin to make us feel safe and calm and warm and all those fuzzy warm feels. Our first initiation into the world was contact with clothing, with textiles. And then when we got older, well, we'll just say about a toddler, we had those funny moments where, you know, when you jump out of the tub and you run around the house and you have your parents just running and chasing and running and chasing you and here you are just diaper to the wind and we thought it was funny. Uh, parents probably didn't think it was funny, but it was funny. And we didn't have any thoughts of the importance of clothes, which is being kids. And then we get older. And as a child, leaving from toddler to a child stage, we get curious about clothes. We see all those nice, beautiful clothes that our parents have, our brothers and sisters, our aunts. And we start playing dress up, rummaging through their closets, taking their finest of clothes, even their shoes, just clumping around and having a good time. And maybe at that moment, maybe at that very moment, we start developing A thought or two about our clothes. A thought or two about how cool or beautiful or mature our clothes made us feel. We'd even experiment with looking like a superhero, too. So that's where our relationship started taking place. And now the real question would be, why do we wear clothes? Hmm. Good question. Well, there are actually five reasons, and I know you weren't ready for that. That was just too much to say all together. Five reasons. Most of us are saying, "Look, I buy clothes because I look cute. I wear clothes because I like them. I like fashion. I'm a fashionista, fashionista, and this is just what I do. I love a good sale, and I have lots of clothes. I'm a clothing diva, walk-in closet, yada yada. Yeah, but." we need to once again think about, hmm, what are those real reasons that we gravitate to clothes? Well, one of the five reasons would be protection. Yes, clothing does have a significance as protection. Think about how clothes provide physical safeguards to our body. Think about how clothes prevent harm from us. If you sat down on a rock, I think you would feel the pain of those sharp surfaces had it not been the comfort of a piece of textile between you and that rock. Okay, let's also think about the weather. We know we've had our share of winter storms and whatnot, but we would be freezing to death had it not been for our advancements in textiles or just to have something against your skin to guard you from the elements. Period. Well, that's one reason. Now, let's go to reason number two. We're talking about modesty. Oh, yeah. Modesty. And that's going to be covering the body according to the code of decency. Well, established by society. So whatever you feel decency is to you or how you were raised, that's how we're going to dress. Now, When we are thinking about decency, we're thinking about, okay, how much skin should we show? Now, consider those days back in the days where your ankle was a taboo to be seen. Then you raised the hemline and there was the calf of the leg. And, well, as time progressed, we've raised these hemlines and even added a split or two. But we showed some skin. There's other ways that we show skin. There's our shoulders. There's our cleavage. There's the back out of a dress. And come to think of it, these are all areas in which we show skin or display skin of our clothing. So, what do we really call these? That's called erogenous zones. It's where your eye is drawing attention for sexual attractiveness by displaying a little area to draw the eye when we're wearing clothes. And that circles back to modesty and how comfortable you are. Third, identification. Oh, yes. Our clothing establishes who we feel we are who we want people to feel we are, how we want to be envisioned, seen, respected, all those things. So our identification is about our visual appearance of what we see ourselves and what other people see us to be. Now my favorite part of the whole identification would be The pink versus blue discussion. Hmm. You've heard this one time and time again, but I love it. It's just one of those perfect examples. Identification of our gender. Pink versus blue. Pink for girls and blue for boys. Well, I'm here to tell you that wasn't necessarily how it was supposed to be. Let me uh, jump in the time machine for a moment. And just take a little trip with me back to the 19th century. I promise you it won't be very long. So in the 19th century, we're looking at blue really being for girls. And pink was for boys. And as a matter of fact, as children were born into the world, no one thought about pastel colors and definition. It was all white fabric. It was all white dresses for both boys and girls. That's right. Parents back then didn't care too much about how to distinguish. They cared about how simple it was with laundry. Oh my goodness, I know we shudder at the thought now that oh my, I can't have my child out there in white clothes getting dirty. However, in the 19th century, it was just easy. Clothes are white, dump them in the wash, Throw some bleach and voila, clean clothes. I'd have to say decades later, they did add some pastel colors to the array of children's clothes. However, it was not until World War II that we actually started flipping the script. Now, it was fashion brands and retailers that reversed it. They decided that pink was the ultimate sign of femininity and blue was masculine for boys. Hmm. So there you go. That's how we shop for our baby showers and how it's been is that it was set in stone in World War II of how we would be advertised in discovered Color for gender. Let's go further. The fourth, the fourth reason would be adornment. Now, I'm a huge, huge accessory diva. I love my statement jewelry. And many of us, we love our statement accessories. A good tie, pocket square, belts, scarves, socks. You know, sometimes statement, sometimes be a little matchy-matchy. It's all good. It's all good to dress up and feel good and have that adornment to basically amplify our personal brand. Of course, why not? And then our fifth and final one would be status. Oh, yes. Mic drop status. This is one's rank and position. We, we love a good status symbol. This would be our comparison for our elite, our celebrities, our royalty, our upper crust, so to speak. So with that being said, let's think about the many times, the many, many times that as the civilians, we look up to our celebrities for what's hot and what's not, and then in return, we have the celebrities looking to the street style to see what they should be wearing. Very, very interesting on both sides. Now, we also want to consider that when we are looking at the trickle up and the trickle down theory of it all, we're both getting something in return of how to stay in style, how to keep in style, and what looks good. Because we all like to look good, right? Overall, let's look at the whole concept of clothing. That we didn't recreate the real people. By far, we did not. The concept of decorating the body isn't, let's just say, ancient practice. Hell, I just said it. It is an ancient practice. And we're talking about going back to the days of the Neanderthals. Now, they disappeared over 40,000 plus years ago, and this really established our pattern. Well, like I said, we didn't recreate the will, and I did establish that this would be the genesis of it all. So, garments have been around for thousands of years for gender identification, for promotion of our respect, our age, our status. Let's think about it. Even our occupation, uniforms, our religion, even our group membership. And as we've seen so much decade after decade, our political affiliation. And let's not forget ceremony, ceremonial occasions, uh, Weddings and so forth. Everybody loves a good wedding and we get our wedding clothes and hey, it, it is what it is. I, personally, I'm there for the wedding cake. I don't know about you. I love a good wedding cake. But also, personal expression comes into the play of our clothes. And when we get down to it all, I think we can all agree that we love clothes for the personal expression. Now, when people began to devise garments, they really didn't have a whole lot. And we have to say, or call it technology, and that's the crazy part. If all you had were stick stones, a needle made from animal bone or from a plant, that was the technology that was available to you. Yes, we're calling it technology. I know it sounds crazy. Compared to what we are used to now. And when we are limited by technology in geographical sense and reasons, then that limitates how we are able to cut clothes, weave clothes, even come up with clothing designs. Now, there was a fantastic little thing called import and export and trade, which By leaps and bounds, opened up our textile and clothing field. And let me say this ever so thankful that we learned to trade and be able to import and export different fabrics, else, we would be stuck with just cotton, as was something started with the Wa Wa West, that's all they had. But the technology improved, sewing machines and so forth, and we are pretty much static and grateful to have all these different technology aspects available to us. Now, personal expression in technology being limited or not so limited in geographical place. Let's think about the functionality being a part of our clothing. Function every time function and comfort. And that's for what we say the difference of the elite and royal class and those of working class. Well, overall, when you are in the upper crust, you have those more confined clothes that we've seen as people go out in grandeur of balls and award shows and all that Beautiful, beautiful work being done. Those dressings aren't exactly made for working out and running. And then we have our clothes that are comfort, functionality, made for us to move about, be comfort, do what we need to do. Great difference. Clothes have so many layers, so many meanings. And the topic as always, is interesting more and more by the moment. Today's interesting fact, clothes can take up to 40 years, yes, I said 40 years, to decompose in addition to releasing gases like methane. Now, most fabrics are made with dyes and chemicals and That can basically contaminate the soil and the water and the ground. You don't believe me? Look it up. As always, I am here to bring you all of the O, all of the AH, and all of the things. All of the things. So, thank you for tuning in. If you like the podcast, please subscribe and definitely share. Until next time. A smile is always in style. Keep it fashionable.